Hi, I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes and new updates. You can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Podcast. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live. Also, this Sunday, we'll be having a 9 a.m. indoor service and 10.30 outdoor service in English and 11.45 indoor service in Spanish. I want to begin today with a question. I I think it's a profound question. I think it's an important question for us, Uh, not just here, but the church, all believers. And the question is this, what is the purpose of the church? Specifically, what is the purpose of the church in the year 2020, in the day, in the moment in which we are living? We are living in a critical moment in history. That if you could pause this moment where we are right now, and if you could see kind of a timeline of, and you could take just the moment we are right now, in this moment, October 4th, 2020, and you could pull it off of the timeline and you could pick it up and look at it, this is a critical moment. Not just in our individual lives, right? But in our nation, in our world. Consider, right? Let's step back. I'm going to acknowledge some things that we know today, but just consider that in 2020, we're experiencing a worldwide pandemic. I don't have to tell you that. You know that, right? That millions of lives around the world have been lost. 200,000 in our nation alone. A pandemic totally altering the way that we do life, causing us to quarantine for months, causing global economic chaos, disrupting the way that we live. For many of us, disrupting jobs and income, Disrupting our kids' education, I say amen to that, right? Disrupting our way of life. Yet in the midst of that, right, in the midst of that, there would be a stretch, a several-month stretch where no one would be talking about the pandemic because of a video that showed the killing of a black man named George Floyd. Right, his story, along with the stories of others, Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake, each life cut tragically short and thrusting us now into what's being called the neo-civil rights movement. Amidst all of that, the political landscape has never felt more hostile or divided. Constant debate over who you can trust, which news is even real or reliable. Every statement, every decision, every action that I take or you take is seen as political With all of this happening, it's as if all this chaos stirring up around us and within us is bubbling to the surface. Real fear, real anxiety, real uncertainty. Communities are divided. Families are divided. Even the church is becoming increasingly divided. It appears that everything in our lives is disrupted. And so, again, I say, what is the purpose of the church in the year 2020? What if this morning, what if nothing that's happening in our world right now is a surprise to God? What if, it's surprising to us, the joke is kind of like, what's next? What's coming now? We're, we're just, it's 2020, right? Can we just get through this? Can we start over? Can we, right? But what if nothing that's happening right now in our world, the things that I've said and many of the other things happening in your lives personally, but what if that's not a surprise to God? 
what if, what if while we are shocked and overwhelmed at times, he is not? If that's true, then suppose, suppose his purpose for the church. I'm not just talking about the church here. I'm talking about the church universal, the church around the world, right? What is his purpose for such a time as this? If God is not surprised, then we are his church and his people. And in the year 2020, what if his purpose for us has not changed? Listen to what the word says about the purpose of the church, right? The word says this, that in Ephesians 3, it says, what is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is that the wisdom of God might be revealed through it. Ephesians 4, the next page over, it says this, that the church is a combination of individual gifts, right, coming together for the work of ministry, God's ministry happening through ordinary people, the church. 1 Peter chapter 2 says that the job of the church is to declare the praises of the Lord, the one who saved you, the one who rescued you, that, that literally within the church our lives are to point towards him in all that we do. Finally, Acts 2, we don't just read about, we, we see evidence of community Right, the community of faith, the church, selling what they had, sacrificing, sharing what they had to minister to the needs of all people. The church was gathering regularly, and they were devoted themselves to the teaching of God's word and to prayer. And I say to you today that that was the purpose of the, right, we read that and understand biblically that was the importance of the church but thousands of years later, the purpose of the church still stands. In fact, I say to you, in this moment in time, the purpose of the church has never been more important than it is right now. It's never been more important. Specifically for our church, the Church of the Nazarene, here in the Shenandoah Valley, right? right. What is God's purpose for us? We begin big picture, the purpose of the church. And I'm grateful today to be part of the church, right? I'm grateful it doesn't have to be just us. I'm grateful I've got great connections in this community. I've got great connections around the world, right, with the church. And I am grateful for that today. But what about us? What about our church? What about those of us that come together as believers in this corner of the valley? What's God's call for us specifically we began a year ago, a year ago, right? Every time you, you reference anything that happened a year ago, you kind of chuckle like if we had only known, right? But, but a year ago, we began to ask that question to try to re, re-articulate, redefine what is God calling us to do? We believe in the vision, that the, the mission that's gotten us to where we are today, but, but we felt God calling us and invited us to re-articulate that mission for such a time as this. And so we began to pray, not just me, not just the staff, but the board, the leadership team, and we began to pray. And specifically, as we did that, and as we opened the word and looked at what is the purpose of the church, but then what is God calling us to specifically for such a time as this? There are two things that began to rise to the surface, to concept that began to rise to the surface. And the first is the idea of transformation. Transformation. We believe that the power of God still changes lives. Now, I know, I know we're a little bit of a quiet group sometimes, and we don't like to be boisterous. It kind of scares some of us. But I think it's okay. 
When we say something like that, I think it's okay that, that something ends us, even if it's like a hoot or a grunt or a mm, right? I think it's okay that we can respond a little bit. So let me try it again. We believe that the power of God still changes lives. Amen. Amen. Right, right, right. That's good. That's good news. And we didn't come up with that on our right. We believe, as you read the gospel, that this is a life-changing story. And we believe that this is not just a past tense account. We believe the gospel, it still changes lives. We don't just read about his power to transform lives like it's something he used to do. God is still transforming lives. This is, this is also kind of a now and not yet quality of biblical change that we are changed but we are being changed, and we believe, we believe here at this church for such a time as this that transformation is essential. It's complete obedience to God, that when we completely obey him, he, he begins to transform us. He leads us and compels us to action, and that leads us to the second thing. See, God kept leading us as we began to pray and search and, and understand what is his specific call for us. This idea of transformation kept coming up, but this other idea kept coming to the surface. It's not a new idea for us, but it was important. It's the idea of hope. Hope. That we believe this word, this truth brings hope. But, but more than that, more than it just brings hope for me, that's fun, right? That's cool. I like that. But you can't read this. You can't read the New Testament in any other way and interpret it any other way than that Christians, those that bear the name Christ, are called to reach the lost, to minister with compassion, not just to think about it, to do it, right? That's who we're called. We're called to bring hope to others, not just that God brings hope to us, not that we would come together and celebrate, I have hope, amen. No, 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 but, but we are called, we are compelled. Because we've been transformed, we're called and compelled to do something about it. We reach beyond ourselves, beyond our comfort, beyond the barriers that seem to exist around us. This is a fundamental part of who we are. And so, in March of 2020, we introduced a brand new mission statement to our church. It may not be new to you anymore. If it's not, praise the Lord. But uh, the, the statement says this, that we are transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. We are transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. We are not just uh, one church in English, right? We're also in Spanish. And so here I go. Here it is in Spanish, right? Who are we? We're transformando a Dios. Para traer esperanza a otros a través de Cristo. I've almost got it memorized, right? Uh, well, yeah, you can applaud my terrible Spanish. I'm working on it, right? Because we're one church and we have one mission. No matter the language, right? We're one church that we believe God's called us to be transformed by him. To bring hope to others through Christ. This mission impacts everything that we do. And the good news of this mission is while we thought it was relevant, we thought it was relevant as 2020 began, I'm here to tell you it's never been more relevant than it is today in this moment. Over the coming weeks, we're going to dive into a series and specifically focus on this mission that God's called us to, specifically this idea of transformation. And so we're calling this series Changed 
to change, change to change. And specifically, let me tell you about what the series is. Today is really the introduction. Today is the opportunity to just get our feet wet in the water. Some of you, that's how you swim, right? My kids, they dive in. Like, who cares if it's cold? Who cares? What? But some of you, you're like, just put your toes in. Got to put your knees in. Put right, so today is just kind of put your toes in the water kind of day. But let me tell you what this series is going to be about for us in the coming weeks. We're going to understand clearly what the Bible says about transformation. That the Bible calls us to a life of transformation. God is in the business of changing and restoring and redeeming and growing. And that's good news today. I'm here to tell you it's good news. It's the good news of the gospel. But we're also going to talk about this idea. Transformation, sometimes transformation happens in a moment. It happens in an instant. And some of you here today can testify to that. You've seen it in your life. You've seen it in someone else's life. That in a moment, God changed them and they were not the same anymore. Something was different. But transformation also happens over time, right? That happens over time. Sometimes redemption is a process. Sometimes healing is a process. Many times our growth in grace is a process. And so transformation is both a moment and a process. But finally in this series, we're going to talk about that we believe in faith. There's a day when all believers will be fully transformed. Right? Right? We believe a day is coming when all will be made new. A new heaven and a new earth is what the Bible says, right? Behold, I am making all things new, the Lord says. Transformation. And so I hope you'll journey with us in the days and weeks to come. This is the truth I want you to know today. I want you to tuck it into your heart that the gospel of Christ is a gospel of transformation. We can't claim this word and this truth. We can't claim Christ, that we belong to him and he belongs to us. We cannot claim that to be true and not claim a gospel of transformation because that's what the gospel is. It's a transformation account. And so I'm going to spend just a few minutes today, uh, again, just toes in the water, not diving in deep. But I want to share with you three ideas, three words, because for me, as this series was coming to life, it really was birthed out of coming back to the text, coming back to the word of God and understanding and reading language. Language is important. And so for me, it was understanding and, again, looking at specific words within the Word of God and how that shows us the gospel of transformation. And so today, we're going to look at just three. Not deep dives. I like that. I like going in deep. I like looking at, why is that comma there? And what does that next word mean? But today is just dipping our toes in the water. So would you dip your toes with me? Number one is this phrase, is this idea called born again. Born again. In John chapter 3, a guy named Nicodemus, he's a religious leader, and he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night. That may not seem significant. Maybe you just think he's nocturnal or working shift work, but the reality was is that Nicodemus was a religious leader, and the religious leaders were kind of at odds with Jesus. They didn't jive with his message. They saw Jesus as a threat, a hypocrite. He claimed to be the Son of God, but Jesus did not look like the Son of God they were expecting and hoping for. And so the religious leaders saw Jesus as an enemy, but Nicodemus comes maybe with a heart that desires transformation, maybe with a heart that desires to grow, maybe with a heart that desires to understand more deeply Jesus and his message. But he comes in the middle of the night when no one else will see. And look, 
what Jesus responds to Nicodemus's earnest request for change, his earnest request to understand more clearly what the message of the gospel is about. Look at what Jesus says in John 3, verse 3. Jesus said, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. There's all kinds of people in the room. There's all kinds of people watching online today. There are those of you that have memorized the word. You've known this word your whole life. You've read the Bible. You're familiar with it. That's awesome. There's other people that you, you don't know the Bible. It's kind of foreign to you. You didn't grow up around it. You, that's okay. I'm grateful for you. But no matter who you are in the room today, try to read these words as if you haven't read them before. And understand something that's very clear. You can't read these words that Jesus spoke without clearly understanding that Jesus is interested in total transformation. Think about what that phrase means, born again. You know what that Greek word literally means? It literally means to be born again. (laughs) It literally means, it's like referencing a mama giving birth again. Like that's what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. and, And the reference being born again, it implies a dying, doesn't it? It's kind of the act of baptism, right? When we celebrate baptism, baptism for us is a symbolic act of recognizing the death and resurrection, right? There's a dying, but then there's a new life, a born again life. Jesus is, listen, this is so important. Jesus is not just speaking of a realignment, a slight tweak, a minor update to your operating system, a a, a plug-in that you put in to your Sunday morning when you've got an hour slot free. That is not what Jesus is saying. He's speaking of being born again. That's transformation. That's transformation. Next, a, a term that Paul would use later in 2 Corinthians 5, this term, new creation. New creation. Uh, Paul's writing to a community of believers. He's reflecting on the life and death of Jesus. And uh, he's not just remembering his death, like, ooh, let's remember. No, no, no. He's actually identifying with the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so in response to that, he writes these words to this community in Corinth. Verse 17, it says, Therefore, in light of all this, in light of identifying with the death and resurrection of Jesus, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Think about that kind of transformation. The kind of transformation where you go from living for self to living for him. That's radical transformation, isn't it? There's no doubt. This idea of being in Christ, that's what Paul's saying, right? anyone who is in Christ, that means that you're finding your identity, you're finding your purpose, you're finding your mission, your value in Christ, that you're being sourced in Christ. He's the source of what you're doing. But Paul is clearly saying that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. That's transformation. Finally, uh, a big church word perhaps a word that requires a lot of deep dive, but we're going to look at it briefly. Word number three is sanctification. Sanctification. In First Thessalonians, this guy Paul, again, is writing. He's closing out his letter. I, some of you are not letter writers, maybe more of an email, but pretend you're writing a long letter, and at the end of your letter, you're trying to get in all your closing thoughts. 
because it's not easy to write a letter. Uh, it takes a lot of work and effort and a lot of effort to get this letter to the church and which is going. And so uh, Paul at the conclusion is kind of putting all his last minute reminders and one of his last minute reminders we're going to read in verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians 5. He says this, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. What, what does that word mean? What does that word sanctify mean? It means to separate, to set apart for divine purpose, to separate the profane and dedicate for God's purpose, uh, purified, renewed, right? right? So, so Paul is saying, may the God of peace set you apart, purify you, dedicate you for his service through and through. He goes on to say, may your whole spirit your soul and your body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then I love this, right? The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. <laughs> this, this sanctifying thing, right? This is not a symbolic act. This is, right, because he makes it clear that we're talking about the spirit and the soul and the body. Your whole thing being sanctified, this is transformation. But the point is, Paul says, the one who calls you is faithful, he will do it. He will, this is not about your transformation. This is not about your moment to change yourself and set yourself apart. This is, by faith, through his spirit, God's act of transforming you. Look, 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 on our own, we are sinners. And on our own, we are destined to sin every day and word thought and deed, but the power of transformation is that God can sanctify us. He can purify us so that sin is no longer our master anymore. That is transformation. The gospel of Christ is the gospel of transformation. And in these days to come, I pray that you'll lean in, you'll dive deep, you'll look at words that you've read before in a new light to understand what is it that God would truly desire for us as his people that claim to follow him. But I wanna conclude today with a couple stories, a couple snapshots of what does this transformation look like? We know it's an inner work. We know that he transforms us from the inside out. But we believe, right, our mission is not just to be transformed by God for our own good and to live a happy life until heaven. That's not our mission statement. Our mission statement is we believe to be transformed by God so that we can bring hope to others. So I believe the transforming work of God always shows up. <laughs> outwardly it begins inwardly but we can't keep it in we can't hold it into ourselves that it leaks even if you don't mean for it to so let me tell you as we prepare to close today in the midst of heavy days i want to tell you about some really ordinary people they're sitting next to you they're watching with you online they're going to drive in off the parking lot today they're super ordinary i could line them up there and you would look at them and say yeah pretty ordinary <laughs> i'm one of them but these people have been transformed They've been transformed. And here's the deal. They have fear and anxiety just like you. They're living in the same uncertainty that you are. But God is transforming as something is happening in them. And you know what's happening? And then they're sharing hope with others. They are compelled. They are moved to bring hope to other people. Even, even though they are kind of afraid. Even though they're kind of uncertain. The body of Christ 
showing up week after week up here at Hope Distributed, right? Just here on our property, helping hungry people have food that they need, sacrificing in order to serve others. That's it's bringing hope to others because they've been transformed. The body of Christ coming around to support a local nonprofit in our community that's welcoming and loving and encouraging refugee families who've been displaced even in these difficult days. That's transform people, bringing hope to others through Christ. The body of Christ, a, a group of volunteers comforting a man who lost his wife to COVID by power washing, <laughs> weeding, and painting. They didn't speak the same language but love is loud and easily understood across any language barrier. Why, why did they do that? They've been transformed. <laughs> they want to bring hope to others through Christ. How about a teacher? A teacher that prays for each and every one of her students by name before the Zoom call starts every single day. Why are they doing that? They want to bring hope. What about a life group leader that said, they declared, I'm way too old to learn this Zoom thing. That's what they called it, Zoom thing, right? But suddenly they wouldn't stop learning so that they could continue to love and minister to their life group, making disciples, even in these days. Why would you do that? Because you want to bring hope to others. What about a group of men from our men's prayer group delivering meals and showing up daily in the life of another man who's recently unemployed and very lonely? What about offering free childcare so a single mom can work? My favorite from this week, right? A woman in our church. I won't tell you how old she is. She would tell you, but I won't. Uh, I'll say that she's over 50 years older than me, and I'm not 12, so I'll just tell you that. Much of her ministry, by her own admission, I was talking to her this week, much of her own ministry has been taken away because of COVID. She physically can't even really leave her house. But I was, I was talking to her this week, and here's the thing about her. She loves to cook. She loves to bake. And next door to her live three children, a single parent who's gone through a painful divorce so you know what bringing hope looks like in the midst of a pandemic to a woman 50 years older than me that her ministry has been taken away because of the pandemic? You know what bringing hope looks like for her? Every single week, she brings them a home-cooked meal. And she told me, those kids really love the cookies. Why would she do that? Because she's been transformed by God. And she's determined to bring hope to others through Christ. This is who we are. This is the gospel of transformation. This morning, I'm going to invite you to stand if you're here in the house with us. We are going to have a moment together where we declare in faith, God, I believe you're the God that transforms. I believe you're the God that's still moving. I believe that you're the God that does not want to leave us where we are. You love us where we are, but you desire to move and work. I believe that you're not done transforming me. I believe that you're not done using me to bring hope to other people. The gospel of Christ is a gospel of transformation. And so before we say amen and before we go our separate ways and log off the feed and do whatever we're going to do, could we pause in this moment? Could we recognize the God that has been transforming lives for generations is still the God who's transforming lives.
that we don't stand in the midst of 2020 hopeless. We don't stand in the midst of 2020 afraid and paralyzed and uncertain because God is still on the throne and he's still in the business of redeeming. There is nothing that he can't do. And so could we pause in this moment and allow him to speak to our hearts? Allow him to pull us closer to his heart, to understand maybe the transformation that he wants to continue to bring in us and through us. See, that's how transformation works. It begins by him transforming in us. And then (laughs) he begins to transform through us. So as we pause for this moment, Maybe you want to pray. Maybe you want to pause. Maybe you want to be still and you want to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And maybe there's something in your life today that needs to be transformed. There's real fear. There's real uncertainty. There's real doubt. There's sin or brokenness in your life today. And you want to allow the God of transformation to come in and do a new work. Man, this is a great moment and time to do that. Maybe you want to sing. And as you sing today, it's just a declaration that God, you are transforming. You're transforming in me and through me. You're not done with me yet. Let's lean in. Let's pause in this moment. Let's call out to the God who listens, to the God who hears us. He is present even now among us. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at abeaconofhope.org for any questions about our church. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.